month, I try to create a list of like 20 to 30 important people that I need to stay in contact with. That is, that is a part of my business. So, and I nurture these people. So it's like, whether it's a buyer, whether it's a seller, or if there's a new contact, what I do is I, I, I have a, a um, I'm going to say a drip campaign, but I have them in my contacts. And what I do is every Monday, I'll just tap it. Hey, how you doing? Hope all as well. Just checking in. And then what I do is I'll do a follow-up. But the follow-up is not a, it's not about the business because it depends on the person though. Because if the person is all about business, don't talk to me if it's not about business. So you got to kind of either send them like, you know, an article or something that you guys have something in relations to, to keep you guys ahead, you know, on top of mind. For me, I always have to evaluate who I might try to stay in contact with because you don't either want to, you want to overload them and you don't want to bore them. So you have to find a nice, right, so we're sweet. back. With another episode of Motion and Success, got my co-host with me, Cody. Let's yes, So we're we're about to start this episode. We're here. We're about to start this episode. We got a great guest today. Um, Curtis Quire, well known in the Brooklyn area, New York area, Tri-State. Met me too. Not yet. My red on what social globally? I don't know. Social media. Social media. Okay. I know. It's coming. Yes, but we got the main Curtis Quire, well known. Um, definitely in the real estate industry, party industry, networking industry, relationship, the middleman, the guy that, that learns the person to your problem automatically. Um, yes, yeah, so we have him on the podcast today. We're going to talk a little bit about where he does, where he came from, his come up story and where he's at. And man, so Curtis, introduce yourself, Brad, um, and answer tell the people now, when people say Curtis Quire, like what's some of the things that people think about when they hear your name, bro? So for those who don't know me, my name is Curtis Quire. I'm the CEO and founder of the New York Real Estate Mixer. I'm also a real estate broker at the Corvin Group. And uh, when people say Curtis, man, they just say humble, um, genuine, um, you know, he knows who you need to know, so you need yeah. to highlight that. That's the next thing. The next step, right? And um, also, just you know, you'll get the job done. Yeah. If you need something, you need a deal, or you need a I need a contact. You need to contact Curtis. But oh, that rhymes. Contact, contact Curtis. Like that, and slowly, how might be that? That should be like the slogan of the network. A bit like contact, contact Curtis. Yeah, a little corny. We'll be let's talk. Such Okay, all right, cool. Yeah, yeah. So Curtis, like, you, like you, you're originally from New York, born and raised in Brooklyn. Yeah. Well, people say, "Where you from?" And they were like, "You from New York?" I said, "Nah, it's just sweet. You're from Brooklyn." Thank you. But yeah, it is. It's, it's a really big difference. So, like, coming up, like, how did you, um, like, what was, like, what did you want to do when you first started coming up? Like, you know, yeah. Cause I know when I always real estate, so young Curtis. It, and young, when young Curtis, um, I, was, I was playing basketball. So I was playing a lot of basketball in New York City, played in high school, played college ball. And then, um, I didn't get us at parties till like after I left college. Cause I was focused on basketball. Yeah. And then, um, got into the, got into, um, working for the city. Uh, cause like, you know, me and job after college. Yeah. So I started working in the banking business first. Then I got into working. That's how I working in the city. But I was, I was kind of bored. Cause like, yo, my boys are not, you know, we're not playing ball anymore. I'm back home. Nothing to do. So then, um, I started going to parties at night, you know, 
during the week though this is like monday nights tuesday nights i'm like people party during the week so i was like i right, could cool, be checking it out so started partying having a good time and then i noticed you know people wanted to you know buy bottles and have a good section have an experience see me and i bet you know this bottle here buy a bottle there take pictures and then started taking pictures that everything was going up on MySpace. Yeah, I remember my name was And I know MySpace was a thing and, and BBMs. They remember back when you was lit. Before that, it was, it was my school. You know, when I used to throw a party, you have your nice fiddle and you're hanging out with girls. You throw pictures up. So then I noticed that people were just commenting on my pictures. I'm like, oh, shoot. People like when I throw pictures up. So everybody was like, oh, put me at top five friends and all that stuff happening. So then, um, I noticed every party I went to, people like, I would say like between eight to 10 people started coming with me. You can have a good time. So I encourage, you know, we're going to have, I can go be able to hang out with you when I have a good time. So I'm like, cool, no problem. Not knowing that I'm creating an experience with other people. You know, you know, I didn't know that this was party promoted. Get paid free. I mean, party for free. So then somebody was like, yo, Curry, you should throw your own party because a lot of people come out and come having a little party with you. You should have, you know, you should throw a party. So then I was thinking about it, I was thinking about it, and I think in 2008 or nine, I threw my first party called Bottles and Models. It was in Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. Uh, right about Bottles and Lambo, it's my best. And that, it, it, it was on YouTube too. Yeah. And then I did a video for it. I did like a hat, a hat for it. Yeah. And um, Bottles and Models. So it, just, it, just, it just took off. I think 100, 150 people showed up. Yeah. You know, the bar made some money, and my partner and I, we made some money that night. And we was like, yo, we could do this. So then we started throwing parties in the city, mm-hmm. and then I just, I just kind of, that just took my whole career to a next level. Just throwing parties in the city, mm-hmm. like New Year's Eve parties, boat rides, rooftop parties, Fourth of July birthday parties. I'm talking with the top DJs in New York City. Yeah. And then from there, I, I, um, I saved some money, and I was able to um, buy my first property. Mm-hmm. That's what kind of like kept me in the game of um, of throwing parties. Was to, I, I'll save you a lot of money, but it was tax free. Right. Oh, yeah. So, so you kind of already had your eyes set on real estate. So you were stacking, you were stacking all the paper. Really? And then from, really from the party, from the parties, yeah, because I was working uh, full time. But what I noticed was I was living with my mom at that time. And then she was telling me, yo, listen, if you're ever going to leave, leave home, please. So I was never, I never had a landlord. You know what I'm saying? Like I never, never had a landlord. I never had to pay rent. So I, in my mind, I'm like, if I'm going to leave my mom's house, I'm going to get a crib. I'm really looking to get an apartment. So my mind, so I was really thinking way, I was thinking way ahead of my, 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 my friends. Yeah. Like my friends was just getting apartments. Like, nah, I'm getting cool. Let me ask you a question though. Um, when do you think is the right time to like for a young man to leave his mom's or parents' house? Like, when do you think the right time is? Man, listen, I, I was saying when you feel financially ready, you know, when you feel like you need to, um, you know, it's like, it's like if you, if you feel like you need to venture off and be on your own, fine. But yeah. if you're not financially ready and you want to buy a property and you, and you could work out an arrangement with your moms, then I'll say stay. You know, you know what I'm saying? But if you're the type, but it really depends on who you are now. Right. The type of person, listen, I want to have friends, though. Well, I want my old. Then, then get, you know, get your apartment. But if, if find out what is more of a priority to you. You know, does your, you know, do you need to have fun or do you want to build wealth and you yeah. live good? So it really depends on how you, how you feel. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Okay. I left at 26 and I, and I'm okay. 
you know, but some people would have lush. I saw all my friends jumped out 18, I'm 18, well, I didn't even think it, right? And especially right now, we in what, 2023, the economy is not as there as it was back then. So it really depends on what you what you're looking for. Okay. Curious, how much was like the real estate? In New York City back then, when you, when you bought your first property. Oh, no, definitely. So I'm 38. I bought my first crib at 26. So I would say my I bought a two family house for 440 in Edmond, Brooklyn. Okay. You can't find a, a two family house for 440. $440. You cannot find that in Brooklyn. Mm. Not a two family. And it was newly renovated. So it was newly renovated and it was, it was like done, turnkey ready. Do you still have that property? Yeah. Absolutely. How much is it valued by now? Um, that house is valued at I would say nine fifty. Yeah, mm -hmm. nine fifty. But I'm not selling it because my tenants paying my mortgage. So like before, my tenant, my, my mortgage back then was like thirty one, thirty one thousand fifty. Now my mortgage because I refinanced a few times is twenty eight fifty. Right. So where could you find a a, a two family house? You pay a mortgage for twenty eight hundred dollars. Yeah. And that's two units, two apartments. Yeah, 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 yeah. I thought you would said, listen, I was 26 and then you went out to Long Island and bought a house. Because you remember those tired people from Brooklyn? The, the first house that they'll get, they never grab to Long Island or somewhere like that. You know, like it was shipped out. So for me, I was living in that property. So for me, it was more of a, it was, a, it was, it was convenient for me for, for, uh, for job, for job related, job purposes. But I tell people all the time, if you're going to be at investors or you, if you want to buy your first property as an investment, Make sure that it's local. Make sure you're not like an hour, no less than an hour away. Because if something breaks or God forbid something damages, you will I can't see us going driving over to Connecticut in the middle of the night or driving to PA in the middle of the night. Yeah. So I say your first property, make sure that it's local, you know, to you. That's true. Mm -hmm. Okay. Did you uh did you like house hack it at first? Like did you live in it? Absolutely. So I was supposed to live on one floor and bed out the second floor, right? So half of the mortgage I was supposed to cover it. But I told myself, no, nah, I'm not doing that. I'm okay with living in the basement. I rent the first floor and the second floor. Yeah. And let them cover my mortgage. I mean, rent. Also, I live in my basement in my old house rent free. Yeah. I mean, what, yeah. what, what, come on. Like, and it is newly renovated to you, sir. You can't like that. Right, right, right. So from there, I refinanced my crib, bought another crib. My brother was fortunate to um, refinance as well to get his own crib. So, you know, that's how you build, you build wealth. Smart. Yeah. Right. And so it all started with that, that, that one property. Yeah. Well, I was still starting with my grandmother because my grandmother had a, she bought out, she had a house for us in Brooklyn for $30,000. You can't buy a house in Brooklyn at $30,000. Ronnie that's your old a year. He was, he was on that sounds. I think this was in the seventies or eighties. So that house is probably already. Oh, that was in my life. Yeah. People are going about, wow. Well, before, well, we kept it. We kept all our houses because at the end of the day, you know, you could always increase rent, you know what I'm saying? And all, all your tenants, you could always increase rent. But once you sell, it's like you sell that property, then you got to buy another property for 1 million, 1.5, 1.6. So it kind of washes out. So it's like, what's the benefit of it if you're going to stay? Now, if you want to take that money and go, to, go, go you know, out of state, then yeah, you could do that. But everybody, you don't know, understand like New York and Brooklyn, you just oh, to try to say area over there, it's gonna, always going to, it's always going to be a demand no matter what. Right. I tell people that. Right. Okay. I'm on the buy and hold. Yes. Yeah. 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 That's how it's really good. They said that the, the New York real estate market is like out of price right now. Like it's, it's the price is crazy. It's going to get worse because if you think of it, right, we're in 2023 and right now the interest rates are sky high 
people are still buying properties, right? Next year, when the the when the um the uh, the election times come around, right? A lot of these politicians they're going to start swaying them out of the the, the um the, the the governments. So what's going to happen is interest rates going to start trickling down little by little. So the people that was on the sidelines waiting for interest rates to drop, they're going to come back in. So that, it's up that so that alone is going to just push interest rates. No, push the housing economy to go up because now you have more people that's going to be coming into the into the buying pool. Right now, there's a lot of people saving money. They just waiting for for a time. There's no time to wait because the interest rate drop, people going to just jump right back in. Right, right, right. Then you got cannabis coming in to New York. Right. Yeah. You see everywhere, everywhere you turn nowadays, you see a smip shop. Like, there's like five different smip shops in Ren Black. And then across the street, it's another five. Like, that's crazy. So once they start legalizing the licenses, like dispensaries, yeah, that's more money into the drug city. Yeah. So more money, if, if that's going to happen, more tourists are going to come. Right. More tourists are going to come. It's going to just push the. The economy, right, right, right. Remember, they, they, they didn't they didn't legalize the dispensary um, licenses as yet in New York. I don't think so. I I, I don't even you know, but anywhere you turn, you see them slow shot. Licenses, unless you could you know, legalize that. And yeah, I'm talking about it's gonna be there's new money gonna be coming in for New York City. Mm-hmm. So now, so now, do you see like a problem like in the real estate? That fact, before we even get into that, like, how did you become a real estate agent, broker, and things like that? So. Um, the broker that showed me three houses when I was buying my first house, right? I just liked the way he operated, like the way the car he drove. He had a nice, he looked one nice suit. He was just moving super smooth. So I'm like, man, I like the way this guy moves. I, I, you know, I can see myself doing this. Then when we got to the closing table and I saw his check, I think his check was around like, I think it was like 17 to 20,000. I was like, this dude only showed me three houses and he got a check for this amount. I'm like, nah, I could do this. Yeah. I'll do this. So I started, so I started taking my, I started um, practicing, trying to get my real estate license part-time. Got it, I got it part-time. And then, you know, after three or four years of part-time, um, I quit my, my, my city job and I went full-time. And that's when my, you know, it just took off as far as like, but just the real estate. Mm-hmm. But it started off with, with him, just his community, his customer service and how he took care of me. On a transaction, I was like, "Yo, I think I could do that." Right? Yeah. Okay. So that's that. That kind of ties back into like exposure. You know what I mean? Because now a lot of times is what I realize is like for me personally, like that's how I was able to, you know, get exposed to the entrepreneurship journey. Like I got exposed to young guys driving Lamborghinis. They got the ladies. They got the chains. They live in life. You know what I mean? Like in the early twenties, I'm like, "Oh shit, I could do that too." You know? I feel like exactly proximity is power. So there's power and proximity. So I'm like, you know, like these dudes are having, 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 like I went to, to conferences, they hosting these conferences and I'm like, how? And then it just got me that, got me into that exposure. And from there, I just started, you know, growing, learning about business, failing a lot of times, winning sometimes, and then winning some more times. And then, you know, just learning lessons, but that's how I got started to entrepreneurship journey. Like just being exposed, just being exposed. Yeah, you gotta, I always tell people, man, you gotta just get out of certain environments and you'll, and you'll see how that sharpens your mind or just even just enlightens you. Yeah. And I look at it like, I look at it like basketball, right? If I was in the, if I'm practicing or I'm working out with a few of my guys playing ball, right? We're going to play ball average, right? We're going to shoot around, I hit a J, cross over, whatever that <laughs> happened. But next step, Curry walk into the gym. 
Yeah, it might try to dug me. Yeah, I'm a big shot. So it's like being around certain people will kind of push you to to take you up, take you to the next level, or even make you think outside the box. Because some people look at making six figures like, yo, damn, I can't, I don't know how to make six figures. And some people are like, well, I made six figures in a month. And so it's like, I, I made you enough. Yeah. So it really depends on who you operate and who you are around. So, you know, you got to be, you got to be exposed to different, out, out, at the neighborhood. I mean, not different, um, um, networks and in different, um, locations, neighborhoods. Yeah. To, to be exposed to, to get to the next level. But, and so how, how in that transition going from selling out parties right to now selling a family probably the biggest purchase of their life like how was that transition like how did the party environment help you with with, with the sales getting like selling that house that's a great question so it was a hard pivot for me to do because people know me as a promoter yeah they all you you like throw parties now now he's selling out the transition was extremely hard because you know, on my page back there were like a whole bunch of girls, bottles, and stand out couches, artists, and you know what I mean, models, and, and that that doesn't, you know, nobody will trust you if they see it on your page. That's true. So I had to make a decision where, Curtis, you're going to have to kind of like change your, um, just change your, your, uh, what's it called? Your, um, your image. Your image. You're going to have to change your image because the people that you're trying to attract, it might be the same people. But they're not gonna tr- they're not gonna trust you yeah. because of how you you become your image. So I had to step back and just reassess everything, and I had to take all those pictures down, take a scratch, you know, headshots, stealing out. But what I noticed though is that even though I was selling houses, I mean, selling people that experienced their birthdays and parties, the level of customer service and just being um relatable. Still remain the same. Mm-hmm. So you still have to still treat that person with respect, or still treat that person as as a as an individual, as someone that you want to help or service, but just on a casual, on a professional level, you know. So it's not like, hey, yo, what's what you doing for your birthday? You know, you know, I got you a table, yo, I got a party. It's not like, hey, you know, what are you planning for your future? Or hey, look, you know, I might have an op- idea for you on how they could build generational wealth. This is another conversation. So it's still. It's still customer service, still interacting. We just have to tweak it a little bit as far as like your delivery. Yeah. You know? Well, yes, yeah. Can I go, what's up? Couple, couple of, no, it's not like that. Have <laughs> a conversation, have a consultation. Right. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And then, um, so now I wanted to ask you a question because now like in your party promoting days, like, like how have you used those skill sets like in your real estate industry? Because now. It's like instead of packing out parties, you you stacking like you're packing out real estate events. Like right. these are things that people look forward to on a monthly basis. Right. Every single month. Like how do you do that now? So I, again, I still keep it as personal as possible. So for parties, when you invite people out, it's, it's more personal, right? People don't really rock with you if you're there. Hey, Curtis, you didn't invite me out personal. I ain't coming out to your party. Even though I learned to use that relatable um service as a one-on-one so i'll reach out to people hey listen i see that you're in the industry um i have a networking event that i think will benefit you would you like to attend it's free yeah so i did that to like maybe 200 people a day a day wow a day how'd you find those people like online you know on, on facebook linkedin 
um, you know, their website. So when, in the beginning of when I, in the beginning, when I started doing these mixers, it was a home buy seminar first because I needed to build clients. So I was like, listen, I'm in the industry. How can I build, how can I build, a, a, how can I build a network where people could come to me as a first time buyer? So I started doing home buy seminars. So what I did was I, you know, reach out to all my friends and family, you know, people that were looking for help for real estate. Hey, come to my network and come to my home buy seminar. Yeah. And then what I did was I noticed that a lot of brokers and agents started coming in. So I was like, you know what? I think I'm onto something better than just a home buyer seminar. So I think I made a pivot. So yeah. I said, you know what? I can make this a really cool networking event for everybody. So, and this was before entrepreneurs. Yeah. So I was like, you know what? Let me contact lawyers, brokers, uh, um, home inspectors, bankers, and let me just create this really cool atmosphere. And that's why I did. We started reaching out to everybody in the industry. So I started reaching out to brokers in Brooklyn, Queens, Long Island, Staten Island, Jersey. Just hit them up one, one by one. Hey, listen, I'm a new agent. I'm doing this really cool networking event. It's a free event. I think you should connect with some brokers from Brooklyn. All right, cool, no problem. And that event just it just it just took off. Wow. Yeah. And then I just and I just kept the party mindset because I used to throw parties every week. Yeah. So I used to throw parties Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Oh yeah. Every week. Yeah. So I already had that mentality of like, you're only good as your last deal. You're only good as your last party. So I already know that. And I also knew that momentum is key. So if you have momentum and you know that your events is popping or you have a good atmosphere, people are talking about it, you got hit with another one right after like the next the next month or the next week. Yeah, yeah. And then yeah. the momentum. I wasn't scared to do another event because I already came from that 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 party world. Well that that was nothing for me. So when I'm ready to do events and I have a, so if I have a pop-up party, if I have a pop-up event that's, that's already sold out, I'm already thinking about the next event or the two, three events. That's weird. Yeah. Because you're going to lose momentum. Yeah. Once, yeah. You, once you're hot and you have a good momentum and people are talking about you, you have to keep delivering. Once you get quiet, they, they, you give them the opportunity now to go to other events or other, other people. Right, right. I still don't understand and you have been getting the people out of the city. Like, like, I think we have been doing it for six years straight. Monthly. Last, you, what, last Wednesday of every month? Yeah, it's like last Wednesday every month, yeah. Wow. Yep, and we have about 200 people show up. At least. At least. Wow, and it's quality people too. Yeah, I mean, because now I created an atmosphere and I created a culture where we're here to network, we're here to build your brand. So if you're not coming here to network or to build or have value, then it's not the place for you. So people are anticipating when you walk into those doors is, you know, I'm going to meet somebody valid. And that's what it is. Yeah, we just created that culture. Right, right, right. So now we're going to talk about like networking. Like, how does a person, all right, so now let's say, for example, they come in your event, they get a good phone number, or they, not a good phone number, but they get a good person that they meet. This person could probably help them out in their business. They can probably work together. Like, how do you go about building relationships? Like, do you like check? Like, so for example, I met a, a person like there, you know, in like two, three months ago, like how do I nurture a relationship to be like, all right, cool. Like, I want to continue to build and I want to continue to do work with this person. Like, do you like contact them monthly, weekly? How does that look? Close the bells. Yeah, so you got to kind of tap into your, um, so what I usually do is I try to every month or every month I try to create a list of like 20 to 30 important people that I need to stay in contact with. That mm -hmm. is, that is a part of my business. So, and I nurture these people. So it's like, whether it's a buyer, whether it's a seller, or if there's a new contact, what I do is I, I, I have a, a um, I'm going to say a drip campaign, but I have them in my contacts. And what I do is 
every Monday, I'll just tap it. Hey, how you doing? Hope all is well. Just checking in. And then what I do is I'll do a follow-up. But the follow-up is not a, it's not about the business because it depends on the person though. Because if the person is all about business, don't talk to me if it's not about business. So you got to kind of either send them like, you know, an article or something that you guys have something in relations to, to keep you guys ahead, you know, on top of mind. For me, I always have to evaluate who am I trying to stay in contact with because you don't either want to, you want to overload them and you don't want to bore them. So you have to find a nice sweet spot where you could reach out to them. Hey, what's up? How you doing? Look old as well. Just tap in. Hey, look, I saw this cool article. I thought that, that might pique your interest. Or, hey, look, I'm building this, you know, the building this, this project right now. I thought about what you said. What you, let me know your thoughts. Because a lot of people, depending on who they are, they like to feel valued by them. At, some people like to feel valued by, by you asking them questions about their business, about your business, if that makes sense. That's true. So it really depends. So you have to really kind of, you have to kind of know who you're, who you're networking with and what you're trying to get out of them. Yeah. I mean, there's going to be like 40 levels of power and all this. Stuff. I understand. Yeah. I have to I mean, to read that. But, but it depends on, so you have to f- figure out who, who are you nurturing? Like what type of business you're nurturing with that person and find out ways that you could add value without overloading. Yeah. Once you figure that out, there's a sweet spot where you guys can have a conversation, but then also too. You want to also meet the person, you know, once in a while to check in or if they have an event or, you know, you have an event. That's why it's good to find out, you know, their birthdays, you know, if they have friends, family, kids, pets, because those are topics that you can stay on top of mind. I started doing that too. Like I started doing that same thing. And it's funny that you mentioned it because like I created a VIP list. Right. Um, But my thing is like, I just don't know how to hit this list like if you am listen in my entry lab every now and then better film a family but the heat so basically what i try to do is like like for example things haven't just passed like i go ahead and i message all the people in the vip list hey happy thanksgiving hope you enjoying it with your family xyz you know so now like for example like the people that's guests on our podcast that's going to be another list hey you know I'm um, just checking in, see what you got going on. How can I provide value? Yep. You know, I say, and because and, John understand, we are so bombarded with so much distractions. You got to stay in contact with your VIP list. Yeah. Because if you don't, somebody else is going to tap into that. You know, yeah. oh, I mean, they can, but you want to be a person that also that they on their top of mind. So top, so now if an opportunity presents itself, they could reach out to you guys or, Hey, listen, I have opportunity or, Hey guys, I have some situation, you, you know, they'll think of you guys immediately off rip. So I think also true is when you reach out to your, to your clients or when you talk, when you network with people, get as much information from them as possible, mm-hmm. you know, but you don't have to make it as like a, Hey, what's your name? Check. Date of birth. Check. No, no. It's like, but, 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 has a conversation go. Yeah. Hey, oh, so you have a dog. What's your dog's name? Oh, okay. Cool. Cool. All right. Cool. Noted. All right. Cool. You know, oh, you married. When's your anniversary? Oh, noted. You know what I'm saying? So those things now is you could reach out to them, not just also like, hey, you know, just checking in with you. You're like, oh, yo, your anniversary showed up. Oh, okay, look. Oh, your dog name is Travis. Look, I just started, you know, I saw the dog name Travis too. It's just kind of like yeah. cool, organic stuff because it may, it might seem cool, but you're really just checking it. Right, right. But, I, you know, I'm, I'm diving gay right now. I'm in the but I do this on to all my clients. Yeah. I have a spreadsheet of all my clients' date of births, their anniversaries, birthdays, you know, the last house we sold at the, type of car they have, the type of, you know, just 
you know, type of food they like, all of that. So if I see someone type of movement, yeah, 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 yeah. Because you gotta, you, you want to be able to, you want to get as cool as people as comfortable so that they could feel receptive to you. So that once you, once they feel like they want to buy or sell, I'm talking from my perspective, you know, oh, yo, Chris is my guy. You know, yeah, no, without a doubt, he knows me in and out. Like, man, he, he, he knows the type of food I like. You know, he sent me nice dishes. He sent me beverages of, 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 of wine for anniversaries. That's the business for that, yeah. Wow. So now, like, on your like, VIP list, like, do you, uh, man, the question just slipped. Um, like, you're mainly doing this too? Yeah. So, my top 20, 30, man, but I fear influence, like, customers and clients, I have a CRS system. Oh, uh, CRS system, yeah, I use for, like, to just tap in with, with, my, with my past clients. Now, oh. my, I deal with too many clients now. Do you send them, like, I like, say, for example, it might be, and like, it might be Valentine's Day. Do you send them, like, envelopes in the mail? Like, do you still, it depends. So now, it, obviously, if I met them as a couple, I'll say, hey, happy Valentine's Day. But yeah, if, if I don't know, if, if they was, if I met them as a single person, I wouldn't send them that. Now, yeah. it's like, marriage couple, yes. Okay. You know, if I sold them a property and they were, you know, and they, he was with, with, um, if there was a couple, then yes. But if, I know as a single thing, you know, move it. I don't really tap into that unless, you know, they had a question or they say, hey, you know, my significant other, you know, is looking for a property or something like that. And then give me clues like that, then yes. Right, right. Don't get the clues like that, then no. I keep it very neutral. That I actually learned that from, um, from, from reading this book. It was called The One Page Marketing Plan. And it was this guy in there. He's a car salesman. And basically... What he would do is like every holiday, he would send out like he has a designated person that sends out envelopes to his clients every single holiday or whatever it might be. So now he's selling like he one of those car salesmen that he's selling like 10, 15 cars a day. That's great. Because he's always staying top of mind. Like every time they want to buy a new car. Yeah, you buy a new car, this going to last you for the next five years, but you're about to get this work for the next five years. You know what I mean? So my God, there we all need to do that because Instagram, social media, man, it, it's like, it's just overload with just yeah. the content and so much suggestions and they listen to you now on the phones now. So everything that you think about pops up. So how can you stay in front of somebody like that? You know, and that's supposed to be a customer. It's, it's, it's tough. Right. You gotta do that. Right. Right. How, well, any, any suggestions for us, like as podcasters, like for example, our, our guests that we have on the show, like. What would you What would you do if you had a podcast? So, if I had a podcast, I would have every guest fill out a, a contact information, a, a, a client sheet. There, you know, your name, um, where you're from, just just cool stuff. And then what I would do is I would upload that into a CRM system or upload that into like a some type of like a follow up app, so that now you could just email us or contact us, you know, once a week or, or twice a week, no, twice a month, just on on some update. I'm like, you know, hey guys, we just upgraded, or hey guys, we just met this new person, or hey guys, you know, just, or individually, just hey, you just want to check in with you, you know, the podcast was great, but let's do a follow-up session. Right. But I'll try to get as much information from us as possible. Or internet, for me, or internet, for sure. I didn't have internet, for sure. Stop their Instagram, look at, look at their friends and families, and, you know, just tap in, find out their favorite team, sports, that's why, you know. Yeah, yeah that makes it, okay, that, that. That makes a lot of sense now because it's like common things. Like 
I was big into the sports. Like, he likes watching basketball and stuff like that. But I I don't really like, you know, watch sports. What do you like to do? Like, what, what's your favorite hobby? Uh, podcasting. Um, definitely learning a lot. I feel like kind of like getting books. Like, you know, reading. That's definitely um something I like to do. Um, I feel like personally speaking, bro, like, what about artists? Do you have any nice... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, artist I still right now is... Definitely, uh, what's his name? Brent Phyllis. He's that stuff. Brent, Brent, that. That's a dude that she got tapped into. He real nice. You see, so, so, so stuff like that, you would send out to your, pro- to your podcast, I mean, your subscribers or your podcast. Hey guys, yo, this is cool artist. I want you guys to listen to tap into. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Like, people like new, um, new vibes, new ideas, new incentives. I don't know if you to close. Like, I, I, there's so many ways to give value to people. It'll, it'll be, it, you'll be surprised. Mm. You'll be surprised. Right. Yeah, 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 yeah. But yeah, for sure. That's, that's real good. Now, you're already getting a lot of game, Curtis. And I'm, I'm actually glad you're here because networking is kind of like an art, you know, because a lot of people, they go to these conferences, they go to these events, but they're approaching, like, they're approaching, like, high-level people and sometimes they don't know how to come, like, they ask them questions and things like that, and they might come off as oddly annoying, or they might, you know, might be a contact. As soon as you work with it, delete it, you know that. So it's like, how do you, how do you come up to, especially high level individuals? How do you come up um, and kind of like introduce yourself to them without coming off as like you know needy or like annoying in a way? So there's a couple ways, right? So. It depends on if depends on, depends on the person that you're trying to meet, right? If it's somebody that you really try to meet, you want to you want to you want them to see you at least two or three times. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So like, let's say you know, I don't know. Let's say I don't know. You want to meet? I don't know. Give me, give me an artist. Give me somebody that you guys probably want to meet one day. I don't know. Uh, Burner Boy, Burner Boy, right? Cool. You probably go to a concert, right? Or he's having like a a, a, a meet and greet. Wait, 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 wait. Uh, with fans and stuff, right? You go, you attend. Then you probably reach out to certain people that he's around or he's in town. You tap in. Now what you do is use your use your pod, You guys are podcast interviewers, right? You try to get into certain doors. Yeah. Now when you see him, like, hey, listen, I saw you over here, over here. Just want to, you know, say what's up to you. Do you mind just share a little bit of, you know, two, two, three minutes with us? Yeah. Right. So you know, fine, cool. No matter, no problem. You catch him again. Yeah. But as long as you stay, I don't say out of it, but like. You have to be, not say persistent, but just be consistent. And that's how you meet certain people. But now, if you meet somebody for the first time, you got to probably, kinda, you have to kind of shoot your shot, but on a casual level. Like, you can't be so awesome. Like, oh my God, yo, my, I can't meet you for the first time. I can't believe it. It's like, yeah, how you doing? You know, this is what I'm about. This is what I want to do. You know, I, you know, I admire what you're doing. Do you have a little minute of time for me to, to, you know, to do an interview or to just talk? Yes or no? But it has to happen organically. You can't just, it can't just happen like, you know, and like aggressively because you could, they could feel that. You know what I'm saying? I tell people that all the time. Yeah. So it didn't have to happen organically. And then if you see the person once or twice, just come at them, you know, respectfully, you know, this is what I do. And then you, and if you stay on top of mind and consistent, they'll, they'll remember you. Right. Yeah. Okay. Chris, I think you should definitely write a book about that working. Yeah. How to like that word? Hot. It is really needed because I I remember when I first started, like it was like, hi, how are you? It was like an interview, like, and it felt so great, you know, like, and I just got better by keep going out there, and that's how I was able to build so many good relationships. Um, like our first ten guests is all off of people that I met 
prior, you know, like people that I met in different rooms or different places, but they're all from being inside of rooms. And that's how we were able to get such quality people, you know, but, um, yeah. But now a quick question. How did you look like high level people like, like the mayor, Jay-Z, like how, like how, 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 how do you actually happen, bro? Cause like by you meeting the mayor, open up other doors for other people like us, you know what I mean? So not only it just benefited yourself, it benefited your community. So like, how did you do that? Like, how did you meet him? And that's why I tell people, man, like networking brings so much value to people. It's not even funny. Like I tell people all the time, there's so many people that come up to me like, Hey, Curtis, you changed, you like, you changed my life because I was at your event and I switched firms. Like I was at one brokerage firm and I came to your mixer and I'm, I'm at another brokerage firm. You know what I mean? That's so, big. And, and, and I think for me, networking opened up a lot of doors and as far as like with the mayor, I don't know the mayor personally, yeah. right? But what happened was my networking event, the net, the NYREM, it brought, it brought so much traction. It brought so much attention to that organization because I went to that black man's brunch yeah. and I was just, a, I, I, I participated as a vendor mm. and I just came there as a, like, you know what, let me just participate as a vendor. You know, so support, let me get exposure for the brand. Right. Yeah. So really, um, coincidentally, um, somebody in their, in their camp was like, Hey, listen, you need that guy that, that was a vendor there. You need to come to one of his events. Yeah. Like you need to go see what he's doing. So they came to my event because I'm staying consistent because you never know who's watching, right? That's how I was. But they watching. They watching. Yep. They came to the event. They was like, man, I like this kid, man. I like this brother, man. We, we need to partner up. I said, cool, no problem. Let's do it. And that just happened. And then me partnered up with them. They were, they were like, hey, listen, we're going to have the mayor there. I said, cool, no problem. I, you guys you guys do your thing. I said, you know what? You guys can come pull up. Come check it out. And that just synergy just it just happened mm -hmm. you know but it's all of but that all that happened because of the consistency and for me being open-minded and going to other people's events and just seeing what's out there yeah you know same thing with malik yoba uh one of my friends put me in contact with malik yoba because me and my boys we should throw parties together so he saw what i was doing being consistent with the parties i mean with the events and he said hey you know what hey chris i want you to meet this guy his name is malik yoba i said oh wait about no Oh, I got him back. He's like, okay, cool. Right. Let's have him sit down. We had to sit down. He said, oh, you know what? I like what you're doing. I'm going to come through. Come. I'm going to be in guest. Done. So just things happen organically. But again, people have to believe in your value and your product. Right. And you have to be consistent. Yeah. You know? So that 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 takes me all. That takes me from, from, from parties into my real estate journey. You just never know who you're going to meet. And you never know who's watching you. Right. You know? And so with your podcast, you always want to keep it consistent because you just never know who's going to tap in. You never know who's going to click that link. You never know who's going to refer that this link to somebody else. Exactly. You know, gotta keep it, keep it consistent. Yeah, that's, that's, that's a fact. Like when, when, when me and I first started our podcast, we really thought like, yo, like, and when really got us to the point where we had our first 10 episodes and like fast forward, like a thousand followers on Instagram over a hundred thousand plus views on Instagram, like, like, like the numbers are crazy is because we posted at least one of those, you know what I mean? For like the past four months now, since we started, you know, the kind of guests that we get is all quality. Like everybody's liking the mission. They're seeing we're showing up every week, every month, um, every day on Instagram for sure. So now it's really building up and like 
it's just about to be a whole snowball effect. Tell me, you know, like what you guys are doing is phenomenal because you're giving people, uh, and successful people highlights. Well, you're giving us content. I'm not gonna lie, like this is content for us, yep. value for us. So now, guess what? We we post this, we post this on our websites, we post this on our um social media um channels. It's only gonna be reciprocated back to you guys, mm -hmm. you know. And by first up, me post, you guys posted this on your on your um website or your channels. Somebody's gonna be like, "Oh my god, I want to get into real estate." Or you know what? I want to I want to do networking events. So it's gonna get reciprocated, right? But it has to stay consistent though. Yeah, yeah, and the value. Right. So no, what you guys are doing is great, man. I, and I just want to continue, you know, seeing you guys grow and, you know, anybody that I, I could bring on and just share with you guys, try very know, That sounds exceptional. Well, that's going to be real good. Yeah. But I think networking is key though, as far as like, everybody here have their own network. Like you guys could build your own network. Yeah. You know, I'm talking about like even doing like networking events, podcast networking events, bringing other podcasts to come in and. Just like, you know, like, I think I'll be pretty dope too. Like reach out to other podcast interviewers and just see what they're doing. It's probably been create like a little, like create like a network where you guys host it and be the main ones on there. Yeah. I just need to be like, okay, crazy. That real, that's, that did strike an idea. That did strike an idea. But now let me ask you a question now. So now like, how does a person go about like, like sourcing a place to, to, cause I know you're thinking about actually teaching the networking, you know events, things like that for whatever industry it might be. How does a person go about sourcing, getting people to show up and all of that stuff? Like how as far as like if I'm creating a networking event or Yeah. All right. So let's just say we got an idea, right? For me, Iler, we wanna start hosting networking events because we want our community to realize that we're real people. Right. How do we go about like starting like, you know, starting this whole networking event, getting people to show up, you know, getting the, the location. I think the first thing you need to start with first is get a nice venue. Um, don't kill yourself with the venue. Yeah. Make sure it's a venue where it's, it's central. So first, you, I mean, you also got to figure out where you, where you, who you're marketing to. Right. Once you figure out who you're marketing to or who you're looking to invite, make sure that the venue is central and just make sure that it's, it's, um, it's uh the ambiance and, and and the people that you invite get an experience i always i'm always big on that's true i'm always big on people getting experience the porsche dealership right 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 and it was all about the experience oh you went to the porsche dealership yeah i went to that one <laughs> that joint was nice it was real that's something you ain't gonna forget you're not gonna forget the fact you're not gonna forget it so what i would tell people is if you're gonna do your first networking event you want to make sure that people don't remember. So you want to get like a nice space, but you don't want to come out your pocket crazy because yeah. you're the first one. But you want a space where people come in like, oh, wow, like these guys, they really took the time to think about this this whole networking event or this whole experience. So I would say get a place that has lighting, a good ambiance, a nice space, a nice location. And from there, do a video of the space so that people could see what's, where they're going to network at and then send it out to them individually, personal. I would do that personal. Mm -hmm. And then from there, create an RSVP list about maybe, it depends on how much people you're trying to bring out. I'm free people you're trying to bring out. Oh no, this is uh, uh, the 130. So if you think, so if you want to bring out a hundred people, you have to, you have to have at least 350 RSVPs. So that's like, because the 30% is, is, is 30% show up rate. Okay. percent show up rate. So I'll say, yeah. So 300, 320 RZPs, you're looking at maybe about 
para Haja people. Maybe a Haja. No, is that Haja people? No. No way. Handle the map. Yeah, I mean, let's, let's, let's do your map right now. Let me know. Let's show up. Let's say 350. 350 times. Yeah. Yeah, I, I do show rates no matter what. Right. So, right, 105 people. So you need, you have to get 250 RDPs to get 105 people to show up to your party. Okay. Okay. He's saying partner. But that's what I'm right, but but that's that's the level of, of R's and P's that you need to have. Right, right. Okay. Yeah. So it, I mean and that's light though. That's light. I mean, that's light. I think it will be light for sure. Like especially like if you got a community, you got people that are listening, things like that. It should be light for sure. You can always a social influence. I mean, so if you're influenced, yeah. contact the people that are around you, the podcasters already that or people that's interviewed already. We tell them bring like five, ten people out. That makes sense too. I mean, listen, people in the, listen, I did, I, yo, I did shows 800, thousands of people, man. I, I packed out two, three floors. It's all, it can break down the numbers, numbers, numbers. You'll see it. It, it works. It just put the work in. Right. Yeah. Don't take from my big consideration. My mixes, I, 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 I will get no less than 600 RVPs for my mix. No less than 600. And I'll, and I, and again, only maybe 200, 250, 250, 250 people show up. Right. You know what I'm saying? So every month I'm looking, I got to get at least 600 RZPs. Yeah. So that's how you got to see it. You look at 50 RZPs, they think they pop, they, 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 oh my God, no. <laughs> because people, remember, people cancel, people have kids, you know, people have to, you know, people won't be able to make it. It might be raining outside. Outside. So that's how you got to think of it like that. Wow. Number eight. Yeah, no, any question, but yeah, now that's definitely something we gotta, we gotta, yeah, I'm, just, I'm really considering it. Yeah, so that, that makes it, it separates you from a lot of people. I mean, I mean, real events, like, ain't nobody doing real estate makes a system. That's that. I see a lot of people do real estate events, but they, they do one or two drop, one, two, three drop, yeah, fuck drop. I do every single look. I already have a door to a science. Wow. Yeah, I, I just was about to ask about that because, like, being that, you know, in New York City is kind of like, Everything's like, it's not that much network. I mean, you kind of got to know about them, the networking events. Um, so when did you, when did you realize like, Hey, like, you know, this is something that's not in the city and you know, cause some people might look at it like, all right, so I'm bringing other real estate agents and brokers. They might take my, 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 my resources. My network. Right, right. When did you be like, Hey, like, you know, I'm just going to share my networks. You know, we all just going to build, kind of build together. So once you like so for me i'm I, i'm operating from a level of i'm operating from a level of abundance now yeah i don't live no i don't, I don't operate from a scarcity mindset no more so if you know that you kind of got it you don't have to you don't have to like hide your contacts because if you know you're that ambitious and you know that you know you could you know people rock with you the money's going to come to you regardless so from that point i'm op i want to be the person that people come to me when they need to network, when they have to, hey, listen, you have a new agent or you're a new broker or, you know, you, you, you try to get into the banking industry, you come to my networking event. So I'm, I wasn't really looking at my deals. Now, the way I protect, I didn't say protect my deals is I'm a VA and I have an assistant now that contacts all my attendees after the event. So the follow-up, you know what I mean? So it's, it's really about how you strategically um, orchestrate your events, but then what you do on the back end. Because if you're the main person, they gonna always want to contact the main person. Yeah, yeah. But it's just how you do the follow up, you know. So I just say all the time, you got to be the point person for you know for the podcast or networking events here. 
and just let it be out for everybody. But just make sure that you're at the forefront and that the next day you just do the follow-up. Right. And then next day, then you have another event coming up and the next day coming up because people can't do this. People can't hang in, hang in for that long. They said we could do it, but they can't hang in that long. That's a fact. That's the truth. Yeah. So, so what, what has happened like a high network, um, like what opportunities has it blessed you with? Like what was the biggest opportunity? Yeah, I was oh, no. making the same thing. I mean, listen, this one, one of my friends, uh, had a house. She had a, he had a friend that needed to sell their house. So they came to my event, right? Cool. And I spoke to, I spoke to him on the side and said, Hey, listen, Kurt, I want you to take care of my friend. Her, you know, his, her mom, his, her, her father passed away and you know, I came to your event because I know who you were. You know, being you was cool, but I see you doing your thing. I want to come. I said, cool, no problem. I met with a girl. Her father left her like three cribs. Well, and I sold one of her cribs for like, for one point, we listed the property for 1.9 and we sold it for 3 million. And that check was like 90 bands. Wow. One deal. One deal. Right. How long did it take to sell the house? Um, one week. Girl, they cried. It was a nice house. It was a really, really nice house. What is it? Again, he knew of me. Mia was mad cool, but he never had the opportunity to come to me. Yeah. So he took the time to come to my to my networking event to just have this conversation, you know. So that alone just speaks volumes. So that's, I'm always gonna keep doing these events. Then I had another opportunity where a mortgage lender um, mm-hmm. from the east, from the west coast, saw my event. Was like, "Hey, listen, Curtis." Um, I tried to tap into the New York industry. I want to be a sponsor. Come be a check for three three thousand dollars just to be a sponsor. Ne- never been to my events before. Tried to tap into the New York market. He saw my article, saw my Instagram, saw it, it was all you know, all the videos. Hey, how much for your sponsorships? I saw, I told him the, the sponsorships. He flew out, come be a check, three grand. Been a part of ever since. Wow. You also, it's just, it just created a lot of opportunities for me now. You know, I, I, I get my own deals for my events. You know, I have firms that reach out to me that want to be a part of that. I have firms that do reach out to me to, for me to be a part of their, their, their firms. I, I know I have to, you know, I have, I have, how I say, I have now not leverage. I have leverage now to kind of like negotiate certain deals. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm working on a deal right now. Can't talk about it, but you know, there's no, you know, next year we'll see here. I'm going to be at another firm, but. Yeah, just the power of networking. Wow. Well, create your own network. So, so, so now that we're actually a question, like, where do you see yourself with, with, with everything? Like the real estate business, the networking, uh, the real estate mixers. Where do you see yourself? Like, cause I think like you're at a phenomenal level right now, you know, but where do you see, like, cause you were always dreaming for growth. Like there's always another level. Like, where do you see this thing going to? Two things. I think in, I think next year or the year. After I'm going to start, I'm going to expand. Like a lot of people have been asking me to do network events, like do this mixer in Miami, do this mixer in, um, in Delaware, do this mixer in DC, do this back to the DMV area, do it in the West coast. So I do want to find like strong partners or strong players in those areas. And then maybe let them do a, like a MRVM over there, you know, like, but I have to like map it out first. Yeah. So I do want to expand. Um, I do want to, I do want to have my own lounge cause I have a strong network already. So I want to get my own lounge and I also want to continue building my real estate portfolio. And you work, you want to do the lounge? Owners? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And then I do want to, I also want to come out with a book. You need to come out with a book, but I, that network can play how to properly network. That way, yeah, how do I think I value I think a lot, a lot of people do reach out to me. 
I've, I've, I've a few mentees that do their own network. They are this Prince. Prince. Yeah. So he came to my networking event. So when I was doing, uh, and he does, I think he does, uh, he does trade options, do day trading. Came to my networking event. So what I was doing, I showed him, he wanted to do his own networking events, showed him how to do it. And he does his own networking events. You know, I think that's one of my, my, my most successful, uh, or one of my, my pretty cool accomplishments is to see somebody. So when I was doing and kind of like did their own date, like that's, that's popular. Yeah. That's really good. That's real good. So now how about like, uh, like real estate investing, that's, 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 that's a part of some of your goals moving forward. You guys, I want to, I want to build a portfolio of real estate. Um, I, I want to build like buildings, multifamilies, like 20 units, 30 units. Um, I also want to hold, um, I do want to get to the hospital, not hospitality, but I do want to own a few hotels because mm -hmm. I feel like my networking events is, is, is going under, um, hospitality, like, you know, customer service. So I do want to create like a hospitality business because I still want to do events. Really? I still want to do like the New Year's Eve parties and the little time. I still want to do those because yeah. you have been to my, like the Porsche events. Yeah. Like, I do a lot, a lot of lifetime lifestyle events. So I still want to keep that. So I think I want to, I want to incorporate that under like hospitality. So when people come in town, they could come, you know, come check out on the Curtis lot. Yeah. Yep. And that makes sense. That makes a lot of sense. Where you, you say you had a, you had an event and at a Porsche dealership. You wasn't? No, nah, you wasn't. No. Nah. Marty kind of told me about it. Yeah. Yes. I, I give you back connection. Again. So I, I, so they had a, they had an event at the Porsche dealership and I saw it online. I said, cool, I'm gonna pull up. I pulled up to the event and they had some, 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 um, organization was hosting it. Right. So I was like, cool. I, I'm just trying to figure out who's the manager. Cause I already know I'm gonna, I'm gonna do the event here. So I'm like, let me figure out who's the manager. So I went to the manager. I told him, Hey, listen, my name is X, Y, and Z. My name is Curtis. Um, I do these really nice, cool networking events. I would love for you to come see it. He said, oh, cool, cool. No problem. He came and saw it. He's like, yo, these are all brokers, real estate invest investors, attorneys. And yeah, that he said, let's have a meeting. I said, cool. Went back to the Porsche dealership, had to sit down. He said, we'll, we'll love for you to do these events at this Porsche dealership. No cost. I just, no, no, because again, the quality. Yeah, it's not, but yeah, it's not, you know what I'm saying? It's, it's not that type of crowd. You know, it's a, it's a clean crowd. They do what they date. We had a conversation. He said, all right, cool. No problem. After that, we, we shook hands. We, we made an agreement. I just, you know, selected a date, handled, you know, it not, not, not bothered me. Did it. Boom, sell off. But again, it's networking because you have to have a good product. You have to have good quality. So for him, he saw that as a layup for him because he's like, yo, wait a minute. I could bring a lot of professionals, real estate professionals to my showroom because he just became a manager like three years ago at there. And I think Three people at that event, I think they, um, two people bought Porsches. Oh, two people bought Porsches. They were like, yo, Dan is coming. I'm actually, let's get another one. Let's run it ahead. All people inquired because they had Porsches already. And then two people bought Porsches. Wow. Look at that networking event. Yep. Cause we did get the opportunity to send like a, a select few cars. Like, like, so that was, you know, like you get to sit in there. It's exactly. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, never going to forget that. Right. You know? I did, I did an event at Louis Vuitton. I did an event at Alpha. Yeah, bar number nine. Yeah. I didn't even know what bar number nine was. Yeah. Right? And for people that don't know, it's Cologne. Bar number nine. I in Cologne. Yeah. In, in New York. And so, these are, these are experiences that people will never take for granted and they're always going to remember. Right. So, I always want to create that type of like brand. 
Right. And that takes consistency. Right. And, and then, all right, Chris, I wanted to ask you, like, how important is content to you? Because I remember you telling me, like, uh, like, one of the top brokers in New York City, uh, or, wait, what, listen, yeah, I didn't want to say, I didn't know if he was coming to say, yeah. why is it that he reached out to you because he checked out your content or his teeny chunked out your content and they see it, like, so how is it important, like, it's content to you? Content, I think, is, like, the forefront of your brand yeah. and is the, um, the image of your brand. So, I think that keeping a uh, uh, it don't have to be clean, but just a relatable, relatable content to who you are yep. will resonate to whoever needs to reach out to you. So I feel like being consistent with your content, um, keeping it uh, organic, not so programmed. Because yeah. people like um authenticity. Yeah, and people like you know for you to be organic. So like for me, you'll see you'll see a bunch of stuff with my family, real estate, my events. But it's not like, you know, high polished tutorial, you know, because people can smell that as be as fake. Yeah, they won't they won't be that's organic. So when obviously his team is trying to, you know, his team was 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 recruiting and looking for new brokers and just trying to like expand their brand, that's how I got that call. You know, and that's why I got that call. And just, you know, us having that conversation to have the interviews and then that's how we, we you know, we create that. At this point, like Instagram is like a portfolio. It is. It's your right. It's your resume. You get really like people don't even want to know about like your like your 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 post, like your actual resume nowadays. Like when you're doing business or doing deals or something like that. Most times they check out your Instagram. They check out what you do. Right? You know what I mean? Like, I can't leave you can Google a little. Okay. As I said, I can't because like if you want to be if you want people to trust you with millions of thousands of dollars if people's going to trust you with thousands of dollars and people gonna trust you with their time they want to see who's behind the scenes oh not only that they want to know who they're supporting who they're not going to support you know I me mean? because you know you could be this person just doing some wild rapper stuff on uh or instagram or social media and guess what they can't support that no yeah. and they, they they don't want they want to be associated with that brand right you know so i would tell people man just be very very mindful of what you post and, and your content because if you don't think people's looking at you, people are gonna be watching. Location. They might not be liking, they might not be commenting, they might not be sharing or no. But they watching. Yeah. The people are showing you though. But they watch the video. Yeah, you know, the sales will show too. Things are showing you. They wanna come back when I'm sure you said this or that. Yeah. I right. we will to do business, we not gonna do business. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah man. Yeah, bro, right. any any other questions, bro? Yeah, now I would just think so for like anybody who's like watching it, they want to be like they want to jump into real estate, they want to be an agent or investor. Like, how, like how do they how do they start that process? I'll say personally first, if you want to be an investor, you want, if you want to be a real estate, if you want you want to get your license or you're a broker, if you just want to get to real estate, you have to come to my networking. That's like the that's like the that's like the golden rule. Like you have to come to this networking event uh, because we're gonna talk to you, we're gonna see the the good, the bad, and you're gonna just talk to people that are experienced in this game. So first thing first, do that. Come still gonna be around. Oh, word. But um, tap into somebody that that's a mid, tap into somebody that has experience with the real estate. I would say that's key. Find a mentor or just shadow somebody that's in real estate because there's a lot of there's a lot of um the learning curve is bad. The learning curve is heavy, and sometimes you know having a mentor will alleviate some of that learning curve. Mm. So like for me, I have a mentor. And, you know, for 2024, you know, I pay my mentor, you know, because at the end of the day, I know how valuable their time is. 
And, you know, I want to speed up my learning curve. So I'm going to pay to play. Yes. I tell people that if you can't pay to play, then you have to add value. How you want to add value to that mentor, whether it's, you know, equity, meaning like, you know, labor, meaning, hey, listen, can I help you? Or, you know, resources. We should know somebody that can help you with your business, you know? So, so instead of paying me, just give me gain. And that's the best way I could tell people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Would you advise somebody who would come to wrestling or not? Uh, it depends. If we're not a people's person, no. Yeah. If you're a people's person, okay. If you have patience, yes. If you don't like dealing with a lot of personalities, no. Because there's a lot of personalities you have to deal with this. Yeah. A lot of personalities. It's very, and then also, if you don't like be told no, then no. It's not for you. Right. Because you see a lot of times is like, especially when you go to certain networking events, like, you might see people do it like real estate on a part-time thing and like they ain't really selling nothing you know because real estate is a, is a full-time job yeah. they didn't stop making good money till i got into real estate so till i started doing real estate full-time mm. i was making like maybe twenty thousand, forty thousand part-time but i had six figures till i till i was full-time mm. you gotta be like because you gotta be available and you have to know you have to know your stuff in and out and if somebody can't reach you in it off a of fly, you can't answer certain questions or get back to them in a, in a timely fashion. No. Then why would they want to? Why would somebody want to pay you twenty, thirty thousand dollars to sell their product? They yeah. didn't Like why would I pay you ninety thousand dollars to sell my grip if you part time? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it's a lot of money, right? We're really that's definitely. If you will sell your house, would you give the money to so, so a part timer or a full time person? I'll do a full time person for sure, right? If I pay them somebody that's more experienced, we're could worth a million dollars. You gotta, you got you gotta pay somebody sixty thousand dollars. Who would you rather pay? The experience, full timer, the straight. Wait, but there are some people, you know, in certain cultures, they will give the the shot to the part timer. Yeah. you know, I, I know they will give the shot to the part timer. Right, yeah. if that what shows who you know sometimes, but. But, you know, in theory, you know, some people would rather give their, if I'm going to invest 60000 into somebody or pay somebody 60000 I want to make sure this person knows they're going to sell my house for max dollar, not just, oh, let me get back to you all. You know, I can't, I can't show the house right now because I'm, I'm working. What? What? Like, and that makes, uh, that does, I can't show the property, my bad, I'm at, I'm at my other job. Okay. You go find somebody. Okay. You want somebody else full time? Right, right, right. Okay. I have a crew, I don't have a moon of a casual bad so we at uh, this guy because you know people watching this, some of them might want to buy a house. You know, so like being a being like a real estate agent, like what like what do you like what are you guys looking for? Like um like cause you bought your first out of you bought your first out of twenty six. Yeah. So like what you what's some advice for somebody who's trying to get their first house? So wanna get that first house? Yeah. So um, my advice to somebody that wanna buy their first property is what is your lifestyle like and what do you feel comfortable doing maintenance? Because a lot of people fall in love buying a property, right? I want a multifamily, I want a one family house, a two family house, but don't want to cut grass, don't want to shovel snow, don't want to check the boiler, don't want to go on the roof to, to, to clean the gutters, don't want to check the pipes. So what, like, like be real with yourself. Like, do you want to live in a house or do you rather live in a nice condo? But a doormat. Damn. So some people get this 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 perception of house where they like, yeah, I'm an old owner, you know, I'm living in a big house by myself. Little bit still. And you gotta cut down all that stuff by yourself. Right? 
So I was asked to like, you know, be real. Like, it's okay to buy your first property. Your first property could be a condo. It could be a co-op. It could be a nice, you know, it could be a nice small co-op where you, you, um, you pay the maintenance. And then after a couple of years, you fix it. And, I mean, you, you, you sell it. Or you take somebody out of that co-op or condo and you buy another property. So it really depends on, again, what do you feel comfortable with? Now, if you're a person, hey, listen, I'm okay with hiring a property manager to manage a property, to, to do the landscape, and then, okay, fine. So, you know, I think that question is, 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 um, is important. Also, is this your dream house or this is your income house? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because some people fall in love. Oh, my God, our first property has to be a gated a gated fence has to be able to pull in the back, get a, you know, garage. But are you here to make money off of it? Or are you here to just, oh, this is going to be your, 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 your dream house. Because if this is your dream house, remember, you're, what, 27 years old? Yeah. This is your house for, what, the next, what, 50 years? Exactly. No. Working <laughs> things, though. Yeah. Right, so we have to be realistic. Yeah. How do you, are you going to live in this house for 50 years? No. All right. So this is your income house. Now let's make this an income house. So. If income is driving this this uh this this car or this you know this um this this um this vehicle for you, let's not look at the aesthetics. As long as it makes sense or not or paper, let's get it. Right. Now if you fall in love with the with the aesthetics, then then you then you're looking for a dream house. This ain't it then. You know what I mean? So when you have these conversations with people, then they buy oh, okay, I understand now. Then you don't gotta worry about that backyard or that driveway. Exactly. As long as it's making as long as you're making money or it's it's financially stable for you. Then yeah, but if you have to buy your Chris, I do not want to live with no tenants. Then maybe a single family might be good for you because you don't want to deal with tenants. Yeah, I was okay with living in my basement and two tenants a, a tower. I was okay with that. Maybe yes, maybe a, a, a single girl might not be okay with it. You know, maybe a couple might not be be okay with it. You understand what I'm saying? So those questions, I always like to ask these questions first before you, you do any type of investment. Okay. So I got a quick question before we wrap. So. Uh, a billionaire named Scott Cardone. He said, "Um, Ted X. I bet says there's a yeah, yeah, yeah. So, do you do you do you agree with the term that he said? Uh, if it's don't buy houses, but buy properties instead. Like, do you agree with that term? So, what do you mean by what do you mean by buy a house? Like, buy like not you like your dream? A house? No, you said a house is not an investment. It's actually a liability. Do you believe that a house is a liability or an asset? No, I think it's an asset. Why do you think that? Because um, depending on location, you people can't live without food and people can't live without shelter. Mm. And if the economy gets worse or inflation goes up, rent goes up right. because people need a place to live. So I don't, I don't see it as a loss. Now, if you overbuy, now if you over leverage your house, meaning like, you know, you take out an equity, equity out your house, you buy another house, you buy another house, buy another house, and they're not, and they're not rented or you're not up to par, then yeah, it could keep one. Keep you. Yeah. But I think you have to buy assets. I think Greg Cardone is just trying to have people stay liquid. So you can So me that I think that's what I think. No, don't buy. Stay liquid. Dynamic little stay so, so uh, well, it does make sense, but um, he said another thing is, he's like, if it doesn't have multiple doors, um, don't buy it. Like, if you don't have, like, if it's one door to, to the house, don't buy it. If it has multiple doors, you buy it. You know, so that's, that's, you know, I agree with that, because it makes sense. I do agree, because yeah. 
again, you know, why why invest if you're not going to buy multifamily, you know, multi multiple doors for rent? However, though, if you started off renting in the beginning and you want to get out of that tax, you know, what, what the young lady said before, that getting hit with so many taxes, it's not that want to buy a single family home first yeah. to eliminate some of that taxes, you know, build equity. And then the second house, you go, it could be a multifamily. So it really depends on your situation to then try to get out. Yeah. Because everybody don't want to, everybody don't want to pay rent all day, all their life. So if you go, if you can get a nice apartment where it's your mortgage, it's your property. And yes, you might not be making money, but you're paying into your mortgage. You're still building equity regardless. Right. A lot of people don't see that. We'll say that you will see it now, but in the future down the line, you will see the equity. Because I don't see nothing wrong with it. My brother, he like, was like my brother, he bought the house with me when it was 26. He got a condo now. So it was like, he off off the strip of off the off the strip of my multifamily house. He got his own crib, and then from there he go to build equity in his condo, get his own, and get another crib. See what I'm saying? But it wasn't a multifamily, but there is all. But it, it's, it's he's not paying rent, right? You know what I'm saying? Rent always increases, mortgage decreases. Think about that. Yeah, rewards. Every time you're paying into your mortgage, you're always decreasing your monthly payments. But it, but rent always increases on that. Oh yeah, that's for sure. It's only but rent approvals. Only the thing about was a COVID. I didn't have enough gas, which yeah, that and I don't think. That's the only time I saw when you know rent was dropping was through COVID. I do have such a the the preliminary, but also area it was rocked. Like my business was quiet for like for a year, but it it sky the next year it skyrocketed because when people left um New York City to go to like to the Bay and, and to go to like to um outdoor spaces so suburbs right new york was dead right so what happened was a lot of people that were 